going to read, uh, continuing the, the, the account that we've uh, been just reading uh, from Luke chapter 2 and verse 21. Uh, I'm going to read a part of the Christmas story which is uh, very rarely, if ever, included uh, in any of the nativity scenes. Uh, but it's very much part uh, of the Christmas narrative. Uh, and so Luke chapter 2 uh, from verse 21 it says, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts and when the parents brought in the child, uh, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the, rising, the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee on their, uh, to their own town of Nazareth. Then the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is God's word. Uh, I have a, 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 a still in my uh, a box at home uh, a passport photo of or passport photos rather of our children when they were very young. Uh, when um, they were very young and we went on holiday, you had to take a, a photo, uh, have a passport uh, for your children. Uh, when I was a baby, if my mum wanted to take me on holiday, uh, I would just be in her passport. If you remember those days where your child was written underneath uh, and you could show that and then you would be allowed in the country. But nowadays, every person, uh, even as a very small baby, uh, has to have a passport picture. 
And it was really a bit of a nightmare because it was just before uh, the times of phones and you had to have your picture taken in the photo booth and to try and hold a baby and not have your hand or anything else in the picture was a real uh, pain in the neck. But I always thought it was a bit of an odd thing to do because the passports last five years, right? And so, yeah, sure, if you're going on holiday immediately and they can look at the picture and say, yes, that's, the, that's your child, but when they're five, well, I don't even recognize which one of my children is which when they're babies, as even now, and even when they were five. And in fact, if I was to go to a foreign country where my children were five, the passport control would be very valid in holding up one of our church leaflets and saying, what child is this? And I would probably say, actually, I don't know. Uh, but, but with Jesus, in this passage in Luke's gospel, Simeon recognizes what child this is with no passport photo, and in fact, with no previous warning, even, it seems, that Jesus was coming to the temple. He sees Jesus, and he recognizes who this baby is straight away. Now, some of the people in the passport office may be Christians, and so they have the Holy Spirit. But Simeon, unlike most people, I'm sure, in passport control, he had the Holy Spirit in him that enabled him to recognize what child this was. And on Christmas morning, do you recognize Jesus as Simeon and Anna did in this passage in Luke's Gospel? And what I want us to do this morning, very uh, briefly, as we look at this account, is to see three truths about Jesus as our Savior from this passage so that we will recognize who this child is. And the first thing uh, we need to see is that he is qualified to be Savior. He's qualified to be Savior. Now, in these verses, we don't by any means see every qualification that Jesus has to be the savior of mankind. Uh, we'll look at just a few from these verses. But already, if you've, as we've read at the beginning of Luke, we've seen that Jesus is born of a virgin. Uh, he is uh, very God. Uh, he is uh, and, and truly God and truly man, uh, which is needed to be our savior. But here we see some specific qualifications. In verse 21, we see that he's qualified uh, by the fact that he is a man. Uh, on the eighth day, uh, he's, uh, he's taken to be circumcised. That identified him with the nation of Israel, uh, but circumcision also identified, with him as, uh, identified him with mankind. It was a very human thing for uh, Jesus to do. A Jewish thing, but a human thing. Jesus was a man. A man has to be our savior. Because to be pay, for our sin to be paid for, we need a substitute. And only a person can substitute for people to pay for their sin. He's qualified by his name. In verse 21, he's given the name Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he's conceived. What does the name Jesus mean? It means God saves. You know, they, they, God didn't have uh, a baby name book and pick his favorite one. It was a planned name because it was the name that means Savior. Jesus came to be our Savior. That's why he was given the name, 
the angel said that's what he is to be called and we see here that his parents gave him this name Jesus is our savior that's why he's called Jesus uh, thirdly he's qualified by his fulfillment of Old Testament promises in verse 23 we're at a different event to the circumcision uh, this is from Leviticus 12 uh, where after childbirth uh, a lady goes to be purified uh, and it's, that's what it means when it says when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed when that time was done they bought Jesus to present him to the Lord and because he was the firstborn child Jesus was to be consecrated to the Lord uh, and that's why it says here as it is as is written in the law of the Lord every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord that's from Exodus chapter 13 and after the Passover was instituted when the and at the Passover the firstborn uh, of all of the uh, animals uh, of all of the uh, lamb was to be killed that lamb that firstborn lamb was consecrated to the Lord and as a sign of that God said that every firstborn male was to be consecrated and so Jesus is fulfilling here the Old Testament law as the firstborn child being consecrated and of course this is just one of of all of the various Old Testament promises and and laws that Jesus fulfills when he comes and Jesus's consecration was so significant because he is the one that fulfills the Passover the Passover was an event where God's people were freed from slavery in Egypt and given freedom and taken to the promised land and Jesus is the one that came to release us from the bondage to sin and the punishment of sin and to give us eternal life and the purpose of consecration was to be called holy to be set apart for a special role and Jesus his whole life from his birth onwards was to be set apart so he could go to the cross to die for our sins so he was fulfilling the, all of the promises of the Old Testament to be our savior he's qualified now some people in our country are given titles uh, for example you can be a, a sir or um, is it a lady or a madam or something like that a lady isn't it yeah or dame that's right a dame uh, but uh, the reason that I forgot the woman was because my example is uh, a man uh, if you who has lost his knighthood you may remember a number of years ago uh, there was a man called Sir Fred Goodwin uh, and he was uh, a, a knight of the realm given that by the Queen uh, but because of a very uh, negative role that he played in the whole banking crisis about 10 years ago he was stripped of his knighthood it was taken away so now if he sent a letter in the post he's no longer Sir Fred Goodwin he's just plain old Fred Goodwin he can, he's stripped of that he was qualified at one point but he lost that qualification 
And we can't be qualified to be our own savior either. If I want to have eternal life and relationship with God in heaven, I can't qualify myself by doing enough good things because it would never be enough to satisfy a perfect God because I'm not perfect. I may one day, very unlikely I know, be called Sir Stephen. And I might even qualify myself for it, but I'll never qualify myself to be Saint Stephen. Saint being a Christian. But the fact is that Jesus is qualified. He is perfect. He fulfills all the requirements that are needed to be our Savior. And the wonderful thing is that he also qualifies me. And he qualifies all those who ask him for forgiveness of sin and trust that his death on the cross is enough to pay for their sin. If you trust in Jesus and in his sacrifice for your sin, he qualifies you to have eternal life. That's wonderful, isn't it? That's why he came. That's why we celebrate Christmas. So he's qualified to be Savior, but secondly, he is recognized as Savior. Look again at verse 25 and 26. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So Simeon here is a good man. He loves the Lord and he's waiting for the consolation of Israel. That means the coming of the Messiah. He's waiting for God's Savior to arrive. And the Holy Spirit was on him, uh, giving him the ability to be able to recognize when the Messiah does arrive. And God's word had, had been uh, not spoken for 400 years since the end of the Old Testament. And Malachi had give, been given this great promise you will see the Messiah before you die. He promised him that. And the Holy Spirit led Simeon to be in the temple at the exact time that Jesus arrived. Now, if you were his parents, you would think this was a bit weird, I'm sure. If I uh, brought one of my babies into church and someone came up and grabbed them uh, and, and, and said, you know, what Simeon said, it would be really odd. But a lot of odd things had happened to Mary and Joseph over the, coming, over the past few months. And here Simeon is recognizing that this baby is the Messiah. And what we, are about, uh, what we see in verses 29 uh, down to verse 32 is Simeon recognizing who he is. And the Spirit not just helping him to see, but helping him to declare who this child is. And this de declaration, this song, if you like, of Simeon, helps us to recognize who Jesus is as well. So let's uh, look at the song. He says, uh, first of all, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. So first of all, we recognize Jesus by the peace that he brings. Once the Holy Spirit led Simeon to Jesus, he could die in peace. He could die in peace. He had seen the consolation of Israel as God had promised him. 
And the same is true for you and me. If we recognize Jesus and we, we see him for who he really is, we can die in peace. We can die knowing that our destination is to be with Jesus in heaven forever. The only way we can die in peace is if we recognize that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, if he is the one who is our Savior. So we rec he's recognized by the peace that he brings. Secondly, again, he's recognized by the fulfillment of all the Old Testament promises. Simeon says, My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Jesus is the one that brings salvation, which has been prepared. God has always had a plan since sin entered the world to, be, to bring salvation to all people. And he brings it to all nations. All the nations, all people groups have the opportunity because of Jesus to have a savior that can give them eternal life. And that's been prepared by God since the very beginning of time. And here Simeon sees this is the, the culmination of all those promises. Thirdly, he's recognized for the inclusiveness of that salvation. It's for all nations. All nations. It's not just for one group. It's not just for one nation. Not just for one social group. Not just for one age group. It's for everybody. Everybody who would accept him as their savior is welcome to have Jesus as their savior, to be part of his family. And if you're here this morning and you do not recognize or have not recognized Jesus, this message is for you. You are welcome. This isn't just for a certain group of people. It's for, for all nations, for all types of people. Uh, fourthly, he's recognized by his glory. He's a light to revelation to the Gentiles. That's to, to non-Jewish people. So it's for Jews and non-Jews. And it's for the glory of your people Israel. Jesus is glorious because he is God. But for Israel, as Jesus is a Jew, he is their rightful king. But he's glorious in so many ways, in his holiness, in the fact he's never sinned, in the way he lived his life, in his miracles. Jesus is, is glorious, isn't he? And Mary and Joseph, in verse 33, they, they marveled at what was said about him. They marveled at this, this song, this glory that their son was to have. But fifthly, he was recognized by his authority. Uh, look at verse, um, uh, thir uh, end of verse 33. Uh, this child is destined to, be, uh, to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And be a sign that will be spoken against. This child, this, this baby, is the one that causes the falling and the rising of many. Simeon is saying that people will rise and people will fall based on their response to this child, to Jesus. And we see this very obviously in his ministry. The, the Pharisees and rulers were threatened by him. The poor and the tax collectors and sinners were brought into his kingdom. But the, for all of us, the, the full meaning here is that we will rise 
to eternal life or fall to punishment in hell based on our response to this child. And finally, he was recognized by his sign. It says, he's destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. We see how uh, he and all he did would be spoken against. Many people spoke against him. But we see here another prophecy about his death by referring to how Mary would have her own heart pierced, which she did as she watched her son die on the cross. But all that Jesus did and all that Jesus said is a sign that points to, 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 to who he is and it reveals our hearts. Our hearts are revealed as we look at Jesus. And as you look at him, what does it say about your heart? Does it say that you have a heart that recognizes him and believes in him and rejoices on this Christmas day? Or does it say that you have a heart that's rejecting him and wants nothing to do with him? You can choose to ignore the sign. Ignore, you can ignore God. But if you ignore signs, there can be serious consequences, can't there? I mean, for example, if there's a, a level crossing sign and you ignore the sign and you carry on driving, it can be deadly, can't it? And if you ignore the sign of Jesus that he is the only saviour, then it's deadly as well. So he is qualified to be saviour, he is recognised as saviour, and finally, he should be responded to as saviour. In the next verse, we're introduced to another character, Anna. Uh, I'm sure this was written after she died, because I don't think she would have appreciated being called very old. But there we go, she was very old. Uh, she had been a widow for uh, a long time. Uh, and Anna was a, a prophetess. And she was a worshipper of God. She was in the temple fasting and praying. Uh, and she also, when Jesus was brought to the temple, recognized who he was. And look what uh, she did. She gave, in verse 38, thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So first of all, she gave thanks, something that we should all be doing. As we recognize Jesus, uh, we should be giving thanks for, for who he is, for what he has done for us. Are you thankful for your salvation? Are you thankful for Jesus coming? How do you show your thanksgiving? Well, we show it by living lives that show we love Jesus. But secondly, she spoke to all who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She gave thanks and she shared the good news with others. And the news of Jesus' birth and his salvation is such wonderful news that we should want to share it with other people. And perhaps at this Christmas time, as we sit for our Christmas dinners this afternoon. Why don't, we encourage, why don't I encourage you uh, to give thanks for Jesus and to share him with one another, to talk of him, 
to share some things that you're thankful for that Jesus has done for us. Our response should be the same as Anna. Thanksgiving and sharing who he is with others. I don't know all of your hearts today, but God does. And God wants each of us to respond to his salvation by asking for forgiveness of sins and by giving our lives to him. Well, one way that we are going to respond is by singing our final, uh, final carol. Uh, we're going to sing, Christians awake, salute the happy morn. So let's stand as we respond.